Pete joins us on the Down to Business podcast today. And on top of talking about all things forward obsessed, he posed some really interesting perspectives, some questions, just some thought processes, even some statistics, honestly. So I'll take it really back to the first thing I said, forward obsessed. Two separate words, but when put together, man, the sky's the limit. So what do you think about the word obsessed? I feel like for some, it may have a negative connotation, but honestly, he he really transformed that perspective for me. So I think about something that I'm obsessed with, the Down to Business podcast. Do you have any obsessions? Do you have anything that you just wake up and you're just ready to tackle? You just live, breathe, and die by it, anything like that? But on top of that, we really talked a lot of things around social media. And just really now, an interesting statistic that he really put on to me was that he recently read a study that, you know, you think about back then when you were growing up, how when you asked which one to be as a kid, you may have said police officer, firefighter, astronaut, that was Pete's. But nowadays, he said that when they ask kids what they want to be, five out of 10 kids are saying that you YouTuber. It really goes to show you just the transition and just how we, what we thought about back then and just the MySpace days and the coding that we thought we were doing. Well, Pete said he was writing code as early as 12 to 13 years old. So I don't know what you were doing at 12 to 13. I know for me, I was outside, ready to be with my friends, everything of the sort. But Pete was really thinking different. And now to see everything kind of be transformed and see everything move into this digital space, man, he loves it. While for some, you look at a screen and it may be crashing or something may not be right or the red ring of death for my gamers out there, the blue screen for Windows. Well, for Pete, he sees it as an opportunity. He sees it as excitement. He sees it as something that he can dive into and come up with a solution to it. So without further ado, enjoy episode 140 of Futuristic Approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Tournament. Sitting down with when he I'm, I'm not even really going to disclose too much of his background, of his resume, of his expertise, because, you know, just reading the bio that was sent over to me, just really being able to talk to his team about him and really see everything that he has amassed thus far and is still doing. I was blown away. And that's not to, you know, discredit anybody who's been here before, who's been on the podcast, anything like that. Everybody has a unique background story, expertise, everything niche. But Pete, man, Pete was somebody who just reading, just going through the websites, going through the social medias, man. I was just like, I, I, I was like, we need him on the podcast. We had a very quick turnaround time. So I have to give a big shout out to him and Ken and the team over there. And just for making everything happen, making everything seamless. We love as easy as possible. I will say, though, I was a bit reluctant to take the interview. He did go to UConn, y'all. So for all my East my pirates out there granted they're back in the big east it's all good they're not in the american athletic anymore but if y'all were there when we were there the shabazz napier days and everything like that you know that uconn really gave us a lot of trouble so i, I did have to you know I, I was i was thinking you know i prayed on a little bit but nonetheless we're here now i couldn't take it too personal so pete how you doing today how's everything on your end doing good doing good and just for all the listeners out there um i was in my dorm room doing a lot of coding when everybody was at gamble watching uconn win against other people so um don't uh, don't hold that against me. He said, "Look, y'all, he didn't have anything to do with that. He was he was he was working <laughs> on his craft. He was building and grinding. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I love that a lot. So, I know we're gonna have a host of people tapping into that. I know your network is gonna come in. I know my network is gonna come in. I also know we're gonna get some newcomers along the way tapping into both of us. So, to make sure everybody's on the same page, to make sure everybody is just up to speed, can you one just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then two, can you just tell us what brings you on the Down to Business podcast today?" Yeah, absolutely. So, well, thanks for having me for, for one. Uh, so my name is Pete Senna and what brings me here today is I just had a couple people reaching out to me and saying, you know, this guy's up to some interesting things and looks like he's, you know, really getting down to business puns intended. And I just love talking about entrepreneurship and helping business owners of all shapes and sizes from just getting started to folks who are on their third or fourth company. So happy to be here and, you know, answer any questions and talk about anything. Absolutely. I love that. I love that we're gaining traction in different places and different spaces. So the very first thing that stuck out to me, forward obsessed, that was something that, you know, just in the website, in the bio, it was something that I came across multiple times. And one, I'm big on consistency. I love that. So the fact that you have mentioned this, included this, been intentional about making sure that people see this type of verbiage, I know that it's something that you're really focused on. So I need the breakdown. Why forward obsessed? Where did really this drive come from? Why did you kind of just lock in in this way and really wanted to propel others forward? Yeah. So first, let me just kind of break down the, the two words because I think that they go together in a really interesting way. So one, I think obsession, you know, whether it's, you know, we're just talking about basketball, whether it's basketball or sports or design or tech, which I happen to be sort of really, really focused on. I think that passion is one thing. 
and you can have a passion, whether it's personal or professional, whatever it is. But I think that obsession is where you take things to the next level. And it's what, if you think about anything for the listeners or the watchers of this in the future, like if you think about anything that like you're really obsessed with, it could be anything. It's almost to a point where there's just such a thirst for that thing, whatever that thing is. I'll let you replace your own version of obsession. So for me, technology design was always, I was always obsessed with what's next, right? I fancy myself a bit of a futurist. I've always been one that's like been into sci-fi movies as a kid, just like love seeing that kind of like Tony Stark, Iron Man looking future, right? So with that, that's where that obsession came in to be always pushing to the next the next tier, whether it's the next business or the next idea or the next win or whatever it is, that idea of always leaning forward, right? Failing forward, getting back up, keeping things going. So that's really where the moniker Afford Obsessed came from. Ironically, it came up where one time I was just putting something up on Twitter. I've been on Twitter for a long time um, back when it was still cool. Um, hopefully, Elon, Elon doesn't keep fucking it up. But um, jokes aside, I think that I used the hashtag one day, Forward Obsessed, and it just started getting love. And the people started engaging with it. My team started really vibing with it. We started putting it in different marketing materials. Um, and then over the years, it took a lot of different twists and turns. And I'm sure we're going to get into that on the Down the Business podcast here today. But I think that for me, it's it's a way of being, it's a way of living, it's a way of building businesses. And over time, you know, my partner and I, my co-founder, we've built a lot of companies together and we we're like, you know what? We need to launch a podcast. We want to sort of get in the minds of forward obsessed business leaders. And then he and I were like, let's launch a podcast, but what are we going to call it? And I was like, let's call it what we're, what we always talk about, which is being forward obsessed. So that's ultimately what led to forward obsessed as the podcast being created. Um, and now I'm just grateful to be able to be connecting with people, but that's what forward obsessed is in a short, in a short order. I love that. And I love really the breakdown of how two things, you know, they can be on two sides of a spectrum, depending on who you're talking to. But ultimately, when you tie them together, it, it can really have quite some meaning, quite some value behind it. I love that. So, all right. Absolutely. So we touched on tech in the very beginning. So something that I'm very interested in and talking to a lot of my techies, as I call them, a lot of people in that industry, my little brother included right now doing his freshman year at Zula and studying computer science. He was big. Amazing. You know, sometimes I would come down to his laptop and he'd be be all types of stuff on there. I couldn't tell you what he was doing, how he was making it happen. But then the way he would explain it, it would just be like, oh, this is just so natural tomorrow. Like, how do you not know what's going on? Like, come on, what's going on? So in thinking about when you were back in your dorm or back at UConn and just coding and doing your work and everything like that, did you ever really have any sort of inclination or any sort of just idea that tech, that social media, that things would really be in this direction today? I mean, I feel like ultimately we, you know, we knew that things weren't always going to stay the same. But now that we're looking at AI, we're looking at the chat GPTs, we're looking at just how much is, is really automated and artificial these days. Would you really have envisioned something like that back then when you were doing what you were doing? I love that question. For me, like I've always been dreaming of the flying car sci-fi future, right? So I think about, you know, movies like Blade Runner and Minority Report and Iron Man and like the whole Marvel universe. And like for me, even way back then, I was always a dreamer and I was always thinking about what tech could be. You know, ironically, the reason I got into design was because I recognized that like I could build cool apps and I could build, you know, like command line applications, but it was really the user interface. It was that interaction, that that movement, that connection that really brought about like how people connect with things. So I think like, did I imagine the future that we're in today? I mean, I think I would probably be full of shit if I said I did, but did I think that we would be at a place where we would have technologies and tools that are trying to replace or augment human decisions? Absolutely. You know, like we can go back to like the seventies or like read a Philip K. Dick book on science fiction. And many of those thoughts were thought about. I mean, you talk about Nikola Tesla, like way back in the day, you know, before we had the internet, he was talking about Wi-Fi as a concept, right? So some of these ideas, I think you can go all the way back to the Nikola Teslas and the Da Vinci's and the Benjamin Franklin's and these just different minds from back in the day. So I think that I thought we would get to someplace where we're at. Now, if you said, hey, Pete, you know, what's your hot take on the past few months in marketing? And do you think that that pace of change would be possible? No. I mean, like if you just look at right now, from the time we went from GPT-3 to GPT-4 to now we got robots and medical industries that are automatically using these APIs and these technologies, we're talking about like three, four months. Like we've seen more advancement in three, four months, in my opinion, than we've seen in like three or four decades. Like just like no bullshit, right? So that's sort of like my take on that. Um, I hope it answers the question. 
Absolutely. No, I think and I think it puts it in great perspective, even how you touched on more recently, because that's more so. See, I feel like, you know, what what we're talking about, what's really amassing, what's really happening has really happened very rapidly, has really, you know, we went years of just what was considered, I guess, not even just just the norm, just what you were used to, just how to operate things like that. But now it's really so much out there that you even have to do research before you touch certain things or download certain things or you really have to. It's a lot to dig into. And like you said, the versions just keep, you know, automating themselves or they just keep updating. It's almost like an iPhone when you have that iOS update. It's like something new just keeps coming out, just keeps coming out. Bug fixes here, improvements here, everything like that. So, no, I I definitely have to agree with you when you say that, like, you know, at the pace at which it happened, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. But I think we all kind of knew in the back of our heads we can't quite put our finger on it can't quite write you out the description as to what'll happen but we're not going to stay like this forever because history repeats itself like you said we're thinking about stuff that happened back then in the benjamin franklin days and the da vinci days and everything and just what they were talking about what they were envisioning and imagining and so as we develop more resources as we get more tools and expertise under our belt the possibilities are endless for sure so now moving towards the direction of building companies of coming with other of coming together with other people and doing all that so would you what what was that journey really like for you did you start really involving yourself with other companies before starting your own did you start your own kind of amass some success and then realize okay i can translate this over to others i can give these skills and resources to people how did that journey really work for you to get to where you are right now no i love that question so so let me take everyone back to when i was just like a skinny scrawny dude in my Yukon dorm room when everyone's going out partying, getting girls, going to watch Yukon win the championship. Yeah, I just said it. Um, like when all that was happening, I was sitting there like staring at the screens in the dark, writing code and fiddling around the internet. And I had no idea about business. I didn't know anything. I just knew I wanted to make cool shit specifically for the internet, right? Like I'm talking like MySpace days of the internet, like old school, like I'm 40 now. So like, I feel like I'm like, straight up OG at this point, right? You know, I, I remember what it was like to have a dial-up modem. Like some people are like, what the hell's a modem, right? You know, like the Nokia phones before we got to flip phones, before we got to smartphones, right? So now now that I've established myself as old <laughs> and, and half the audience has already just like clicked out of this episode, um, let me like go one step deeper into answering your question, right? So I was working with one of the biggest sports marketing companies in the world. Um, and I very quickly realized that corporations were looking to put labels on people, looking to put people in boxes, looking to sort of check things. And in one situation, I realized what it was like to try to be cast into a label or a box. And I didn't like that. I didn't like the word or, I like the word and. It's a big principle. All my companies is like, it's like, yeah, you're this and you're this, right? You're not just that or this, right? And I think that's a really powerful statement just about humanity in general, but also business. So to answer your question, I had no idea I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But what I knew is I didn't want to just be a coder and a code monkey writing code all day. I didn't want to just be a designer in the foo-foo creative. And early in my career, I was always bridging those two gaps. It's really common now to do design and code. You know, you look at technologies to like Webflow where they're making it easy to drag and drop and do things that normally I would have to spend 40, 60, 100 hours writing code to do and testing out of the browsers. Now it's a couple of clicks from Figma and you're on the internet, right? So the technologies have gotten that much more democratized and that much more accessible for for people to just pop in, Google something, YouTube something, whatever. I didn't have that back then. So where I sort of put my first soiree into business was I realized that like the things I wanted to make in the world didn't exist. You know, I first thought when I was a kid, I want to make video games, right? I started writing code when I was 12 or 13 years old. I can't remember at this point. Like I was a kid, I was writing code and stuff was popping up on the screen. And back then I couldn't really talk to people. I wouldn't have the courage to get on, you know, a podcast like I'm doing with you right now that just comes effortless now. I would be nervous as hell, right? But I wasn't nervous as hell when I was looking at a computer. Some of my friends would see a blue screen of death on windows or, you know, a crash screen and they would freak out. For me, that was an opportunity to experiment, to explore, to be a creative scientist. And that's really what I loved, right? So from there, what I realized, I reached an inflection point when I was in college. I could have stayed in the corporation and kind of did the normal nine to five corporate job, which back then was much more popular than it is today. Everyone's got side hustles today and whatnot. But like back then, there was no side hustles. You had... You know, you got your job, you got promoted, or you skipped to the other place, and that's what you did. And that's what all my friends did. And I said, you know, I don't want that life. I don't want to be cast into this one box of coder engineer or 
designer or whatever the hell the term is, right? So I started doing both. And I realized that, you know, I was in the East Coast. I was living in Connecticut, right? Not exactly like an innovation hotbed. I wasn't in LA. I wasn't in uh, New York City or, you know, Chicago or any of these places and where everything's happening, right? Tokyo, et cetera. So I had to make a choice. And the choice I had to make is, am I going to get up and leave my family and do that and, and go somewhere else? And, you know, I had a lot of things that were keeping me here on the, on the personal note. And I went and started my first business and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, some would say I still don't. And it was that curiosity, that obsession, right? That forward obsession that we talked about earlier that led me to want to make cool things for the internet. And then that's, that was the origin story. So I'll, I'll kind of pull us for station identification and questions. now. <laughs> no, honestly, I think, you know, that's very interesting. And that really just goes to show you something that we're really big on here at down the business podcast is perspective. And how, like you said, what could be scary to someone else or just, I don't want to touch it to you. That was excitement. That was an opportunity. That was something where I really want to dive in and really make that happen. And it really takes taking a leap. We don't, yeah. you know, if, if we think about so much about the perfect start or just the perfect time or just the perfect moment, we'll, we'll forever block our blessings. We'll never know what's on really the other side. And I always, I highlight this in so many of my episodes, if you've been locked in, you know that there is no perfect anything. And if it is perfect yeah. for you, how do you improve upon that? Because to me, perfect is flawless. It means no mistakes. It means God sent. So what do you, how do you go from, you can't be double perfect or more or perfecter or the perfect or the most perfect. So for me, it's just like, you know, you have to start, you have to set that foundation. You have to build somewhere because even as we talked about in the interview, what we what we were looking at back then, how we were operating then the MySpace days, MySpace. And it was crazy that you mentioned that because Whenever somebody mentions code, and I always think about that post that I saw that people say like we were really coding back then and we didn't even realize it, that yes, I think about some of the hardest times that I had to do in my life was making my MySpace page or trying to get things <laughs> to float this way and trying to get people to come this way and show my top five here. And I used to, and it was to the point where I personally didn't, but there were people who would pay to have their page under. There were people who were offering that as a service back then. And to me, it was just like one, I'm I'm a kid. I'm not paying anything. I can barely afford this myself. But when I tell you I was on YouTube University, I was Googling everything. I was asking my friends, hey, how did you get that over there? And then sometimes they didn't want to disclose things because it was unique to them. They felt gatekeeping. Yeah, gatekeeping. All that stuff. You know, so it, it's it's crazy just to see the, the evolution and everything. But it's crazy for you. You know, like you said, some people may still say you don't know what you're doing. You don't you know, you're not there yet or you're not, you know, that that's the you know, one, everybody is entitled to opinion. So that's perfectly OK. But two. Had you not started, who knows where you would be? Who knows what questions or what interests or what opportunities you may have missed or may have not had as a result of that? So, okay, you 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 went all in. You said, let's make it happen. I'm, I'm just going to do it. What was what was really eye-opening to you in the beginning? What step backs did you have to take? What did you really learn about yourself that has allowed you to, like I said, really get to this point now where you are? Yeah, so a lot, a lot there. I, th I would say, like, first and foremost, like, knowing that, I hate to fail is something that like still to this day, like drives me. It's like, you know, some people say like, do you like to win or hate to lose? And like, I don't really know how to answer that question. It's, it's a classic interview question. So maybe I'll ask chat GPT that later, but, but in all seriousness, I think for me, the, the pinnacle moment for me was when I first hired some people that put some trust in me. And at the time I was still with my parents, but I, I was paying full-time salaries and I was bootstrapping and every dollar that was coming in was going right out the door. I wasn't paying myself a salary. I was just, you know, live my parents' couch trying to get this thing going. And in the beginning, when I recognized that people put their faith in me, their trust in me, they, they were expecting that paycheck from me. That's where shit got real for me. And I realized that I couldn't let these people down. You know, one of them had a, had a kid at the time. Again, most of us were pretty young, but like one of us, one of them had a kid and like another person like walked away from a really lucrative opportunity because they believed in me and they believed in my vision. And I just didn't want to let that person down. I don't want to let, let those people down. And I think for me, it was that fear of failure, both for myself and having to sort of go back to like my friends or my family or whatever and be like, yeah, I let all these people down. Like that was the thing that kind of lit a fire under my ass. And I would say that was the sobering moment of business for me that I talk about a lot, which was like, that was an inflection point where I realized like it was do or dive in my opinion. And you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody like that, that does something and it's hard and they quit. But I just think that right now, like we don't see Mr. Beast and Billie Eilish quitting on their first video or their first song, but everyone's talking about what Mr. Beast has and what Billie Eilish has. I use that example because I saw a stat recently that was like, you know, 
like five out of 10 people want to grow up to be a YouTuber when they ask like little kids or something. Back in the day, it used to be, I want to be a policeman or a fireman or whatever, astronaut. I want to be an astronaut. And it was like, you know, now people want to be a YouTuber. But it's like you ask most people who want to be YouTubers, how many YouTube videos have they published? And the answer, you can answer on one or two hands. And really, like, it's a numbers game. You got to put the reps in. It's like anything else. And I think that's the problem that I see right now. And I'm not trying to, like, like shit on, like, Gen Z because that's not what I'm here to do. But, like, what, what I will say is, like, I see a lot of people that quit six feet from gold. And if they just stuck with it for, like, another few paces, they would have had that inflection point. They would have had that thing. It would have happened for them. But they quit, right? Like, LeBron did just pick up a basketball and become one of the best ball players in the world, right? Like... These are the things that I think people get wrong because of this Instagram infinity pool, this TikTok flick and script that that happens. And we see these people that have it. And I got to be honest with you, man, like I've, for a lot of the brands I've worked with, we've hired these, these types of people, these YouTubers, these influencers, paid them lots of money for their posts and their sponsors and all that other stuff. When you meet some of them, they don't have their shit together as much as you think they do when they're on the video. You know, a lot of, a lot of those things are like leased or rented or borrowed, you know, the, the bling and the cars and the, this and the, that, like the amount of people that take pictures in front of other people's private jets makes me laugh. And I'll just stop on that note because I'm not here to talk shit. And man, some may call it that I, I call it, you know, that's, that's really the truth of the matter. And I think that one, you, you hit one of my favorite analogies. Some people stop when they're right there. I always think about that picture of the two men. One man, they're both digging. They both have their pitch axes and everything like that. They're going. The one guy hit it. He's celebrating. He's going crazy. The other guy, I guess, you know, hears it, gets wind of it and stops. And had he gave it probably about two or three more strides, he would have just been there. So and that that put a lot into perspective for me because I will definitely be the first to tell you very transparently that there was one point where, you know, I was just looking for who's going to be my next, what's going to make me go viral, what's going to put my numbers up like that. And to me, I didn't realize at the time that, it's, it's not really about that. One person isn't going to change my entire trajectory. It can. One thing can change it. But even if that is to happen, how do I what do I do to rebound from that? We see a lot of times people are one hit wonders in, in yeah. any industry that you think about, you know, and that has to in a sense, it has to suck. Like it, it, it feels good in the moment. Like, yes, everybody, you know, you're crazy. You're fan. You're getting all the hype and everything like that. But once all that dies down, once the social media app closes, once the phone locks, who are you? And that's really what I had to realize yeah. for myself. Like, what am I, what do I love? What am I passionate about? Why am I worried about the next person? Why am I worried about their followers? Why am I worried about the count? No. And that's why now 130 plus episodes in now, 150 plus business owners, three plus events, you know, had I really stopped when I wanted to stop, this podcast would have stopped in 2019 when I started, you know, and I started in November at the end of the year. So that would have really only gave me a month. But I, I think about everything. I think about the decisions I made to make every 10 episodes a series, to get new logos, to reach out to new people, to do different things. And had I not really lost my sense of comparison, because comparison is truly the thief of joy. And I feel like, you know, I really was was being too hard on myself, but it was being too hard on myself because I was looking at everybody else. Like you said, a lot of this stuff that we see, man, it's a facade and it's not to down anybody, but that's just real life. You know, social media is very rare that you come across people who are going to give you that true transparent journey from start to finish. We see now people are editing their pages or everything looks right or all their posts have to look a certain way or just that aura, just that mantra. No, for me, like I want you to see everything. I want you to see when I made my Instagram back in 2014, when I probably shouldn't have had it. I want you to see see everything because I want you to see how no matter what happened, I stayed here. I went through growth. I went through trials. I went through tribulations. I went through loss, everything of the sort. And I want to really see that. But for me, it was also, it made me appreciate it that much more. It made me realize that, oh, once my numbers started going up, once I really started staying consistent, once I made new social media connects, once I opened up my booking website and people started coming through, I said, wow, this can happen. But it's really just about you staying steadfast. I, I, it's always so interesting to me how People who I've never met, how they they always tell me how they come across the podcast. And I'm always so amazed and so shocked because it just goes to show the reach that we have. When I look at my statistics on Spotify or Anchor or Apple Podcasts, it's like, wow, I would have never known I was touching some of these places and in some of these spaces. But had I stopped, who knows where I would be? Who knows who would have yeah. known about the podcast? Who knows even we were talking about before about Adobe Sensei and everything like that? Had I not hopped on this call with you, I, I'm, I'm checking that out as soon as we get off this interview today. So it's just like, you know, it's just certain things and it's, it's, it's really intentional. But for me, it's also about 
do you really want to do this? What do you really love? Why do you podcast? And that was really something that I had to sit down and internalize for myself. I'm not doing this for, for money, for monetary. I'm, I'm doing this for impact. I'm doing this because I see followers connecting in two different places. And I know y'all didn't know each other. I see people doing giveaways now. And I know y'all didn't know each other. I see people following and commenting on each other's pages. And I love that. So I need that for sure. But no, you, you make a, a great point. I think to our generation is just and come to find out, I was I was actually misspeaking. I thought me and my little brother were two different generations. We are indeed the same generation. He was born 2004. I just thought me being mm. 96, I thought we were two different things. Because for them, I even think about a time where we went outside. We, we went after school. We said, hey, we're going to meet here at this time. It wasn't phones and texting and doing. You had to be there at that time or you just missed out. My little yeah. brother, it's everything. They're, they're knowing what time we're going to meet, text here, FaceTime this, social media. This sometimes to the point where like you meet these people, they have no social skills. They don't really talk. They don't really know what's going on. Or you meet these people, like you said, and all is not what meets the eye. And then for me, I had to realize that I had to realize that some of these podcast setups, some of these videos and shoots and everything like that, it's not theirs. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily theirs to keep or have or just something they have. People pay money. People have, you know, bots, different things like that, programs, people who people reach out to me on LinkedIn now all the time, like about just like the same DMs I would get on Instagram. I'm just like, wow, this is really coming at you in so many different directions that sometimes you really can't tell what's what and who's who just because you have tons and tons of followers or how many of those are real, genuine, authentic people connected. You want to laugh at something? So I'm very much an introvert, right? And you wouldn't know it from being on this podcast with me, but very much an introvert, recharged by being myself, the whole thing. And I was really into like internet geek culture. Right. Like, you know, coming up with like an IRC, which is basically like kind of like Discord today, but like IRC back in the day. Like, I was very much in these like close chats and that sort of thing. And I got really good at that internet culture. You know, I met some of my best friends and some of my employees and some of my teammates on like on forums and message boards and all that kind of stuff. Right. What's funny is I mastered that aspect of how to communicate. And then as a business owner, you know, one of the things that any business owner has to do, like the number one skill that any business or business owner needs to have is the ability to get customers. So maybe that ability to get customers means you got to learn marketing or sales or whatever that thing is. I'm not going to say the number one skill is sales, right? I'm not trying to get on my Alex Ramosi uh, soapbox, but got to love you, Alex. But, you know, but what I am trying to say is that I developed these skills, these abilities to get in front of somebody and, and project who I am to the world and, and speak my truth and that sort of thing. And then the fucking world changed, right? And then we had this whole new generation of people that, to your point, they want to talk over text and WhatsApp. They don't want to get together. They don't want to jump on the phone. They want everything to be asynchronous communication. So what's interesting is I spent all these years rewiring my brain to figure out how to have conversations like this. And now the new generation's like, they don't want to have conversations like that. And it's just this weird thing where like it gets back to that forward obsession, right? It's like, how do we keep consistently evolving? And I want to just touch on something for a second that you said about the follower count, because I'll be really honest, like for years, like I work with some of the biggest brands in the world, right? Like, you know, I've worked with, again, I know he's not in vogue right now, but I worked with Kanye when Kanye was like on the top. Like I worked with Lady Gaga. I worked with like some really awesome celebrities, bands, different people that you know. And I'm not saying that here to brag. I'm saying that to say that I watched what they did to get to, to like put their their genius out there in the world, right? And I watched how brave they were to subject themselves to people to just attack them. And I'll be honest, for years I was scared to put myself out there, right? I was scared to to make content. I thought I looked stupid and sounds stupid. I still do, right? Thank God I have a social media manager that just does it for me now. Um, in terms of like not does it for me, but you know what I mean, like post it so I don't have to like watch every word I say and looking stupid and whatnot. But you know, I I still I'm. I'm the one that responds to every comment and that sort of thing myself. But the point I drive at is don't let the numbers fool you, right? Like I, I know so many people that like per, the, the perfect example I was give is like, it's, it was the, the girl who had like millions of followers on TikTok and couldn't sell six t-shirts or eight t-shirts, whatever that, that, that thing was. But I, I experienced that recently, right? So perfect example. I just closed a $190,000 deal off of Instagram. At the time that I'm recording this podcast with you, I have like just over a thousand Instagram followers, right? Nothing special, right? Most of them are like my friends. Some of them are my clients or my are my old clients that I've done business with. But like literally just closed an almost a $200,000 deal straight off of Instagram, right? You look at my follower count, I I know influencers that get paid, you know, a few thousand dollars a post that have hundreds of thousands if not millions of, you know, likes, followers, subscribers you know, whatever it is. So the numbers can lie, I think at times where it's not just about your follower count or your engagement rate, whatever. It's like, I go back to Kevin Kelly. So Kevin Kelly talks about this concept of super fans, right? He's like, if you have a hundred or a thousand super fans, 
it's better than a million regular followers or fans. And if you're not familiar with Kevin Kelly for the audience listening to, basically what he basically says is if you're a band or you're a creator of some type and you've got a thousand super fans or a hundred super fans, you can make six figures a year just off the strength of those super fans, selling digital products, selling appearances, that sort of thing, right? So what it comes down to is I think we're in a world where it's about content quantity, but really I think what we've forgotten about is it's about relationship quality. And if there's one thing I've learned over the, the years, I've been doing this for a little over 20 at this point, it's the best relationships I've had that I've been able to generate millions of dollars of income, you know, either for them or ourselves or our companies, because I have a number of them. What it all comes down to is, do I know you? Do I trust you? Do I like you? Do I want to do business with you? And then when you get that opportunity to do business with somebody and you don't fuck it up, I can swear on the show, right? It's cool. When you don't fuck it up, that's when you get the opportunity to get a second at bat. But I think a lot of people just want to rush. They want to close that deal fast. Like you go on my IG right now, you go on my TikTok, you go on any of my things. I'm not selling anything. Like I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not trying to sell you some $50 course, whatever. I'm trying to put knowledge and wisdom out there for free, knowing that I'm going to help people get to their next stage. That karmic effect is going to be worth way more than like me trying to get a thousand people to spend 50 bucks. Now, again, that's my, my take. I say that from a, a place of privilege. I say that from a place of, you know, knowing that I've been doing this a really long time. And, you know, now I go to expensive ramen restaurants, but back in the day I was eating the cheap cups of noodles, right? So I put my time in and, you know, and I'm proud to say that I'm still putting my time in, right? I'm still doing the reps. I'm still, you know, up late at night. I got a kid now, I got a family now, but I'm still up late at night, you know, drinking caffeine and making sure that I can like learn about this AI stuff and like coding these different technologies. I have a whole coding team. I got engineers that work for me at different companies, the whole thing, but I'm still putting those reps in because I realized that like, just because I've got this now, what got me here is not going to get me there that next paradigm. So I wanted to put that out there for the audience. I hope it's helpful because I just don't want to make, I don't want to see people getting lured into these Instagram infinity holes and infinity pools of like just draining people's sense of dopamine and reality. Relationship quality. I think that's so important, man. You, 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 you said it. And I think too, that we think about a lot how it's really more than what meets the eye. Like you said, like numbers are don't as somebody who has 4,000 followers, a thousand on the podcast page, I've never closed a deal even remotely close to that. It just lets you know what work is being put in. And I was quickly going to correct you, but you said it yourself, you know, you not only put the work in, you're still putting it in and to attest to that y'all to everybody listening. Something that Pete asked me before we started this interview was, you know, what direction is your podcast going? What are you trying to do? And I think that for me, that ultimately it just put me at ease. It was just like, no, not that I, not to say that anyone who's been a guest here in the past, I felt like, you know, you've come on here and just with your own agenda or anything, but there are people out there with their own agenda. Like he said, he's not trying to, we know people who are offering these courses and who got the information from where, and how you just, co- you know, we can get into all that. We don't need to we Co- don't copy paste. <laughs> now we know that it's out there and you're going to tax me up for information that, you know, is out there for free, but essentially, you know, I can definitely tell that you're not really in the business to sell. You're in the business to give that value. And that's why I really appreciate that in this interview, just because that's really what it's all about here, man. There's so much insight. There's so many gems, which is why I really and truly call us the Black Mirror of podcasts. Because for those of y'all, Ooh, I love that. Not familiar with Black Mirror, it was a show that threw me off at first. Meaning, like, why is season five or six up here, and the season one is at the bottom? And the episodes are all crazy by design. It was because you could click any episode. You could start anywhere. You could be watching the White Bear episode, or you could be watching the social media episode where they needed all the impressions and stuff like that. Like, we can really Black Mirror was such a like a mind blowing concept to me. But then I thought about the podcast and I said, wow, well, if you start on 12, if you start on 35, if you start on 110, you're still going to get some value or some content. You pick a title that stands out the best to you. You pick an industry that stands out the best to you. Essentially, you're not going to miss anything. You can always go back and get that value. It's not really going anywhere. And I think about a lot of times how there's so much out there, information overload in a sense, Google, YouTube University, as we call it. Now we have the chat GPTs that'll pretty much automate anything you want to do it. I have people typing their resumes off for that, doing proposals, cover letters, all that. I'm not trying to blow anybody's cover. I'm just saying this is really the reality of what we're in. But when you think about, you know, really what started that, really what drove you, really what allowed us to get to this point, man, there were so many stepping stones along that journey. And to hear people like Pete saying this, you know, 20 plus years in, 26 years old. So yeah. that, well, he's almost been doing this as long as I've been alive. But for me, it was just like, sometimes if, if, if we don't get that 
viral moment or if we don't get that damn I'm, I'm a year in why am i not you know hitting it there are some people who i've talked to who have literally been in their industry 30 40 years and are just really getting to the point where they're like okay i'm good i got it and why but even when they say they're good they're got it like you said still up late at night still taking care of the family still putting the reps in, still having to hire still having not only to hire but manage because everybody that you bring in everybody that's on the team is not with the team you know what i mean so sometimes you have to yeah. figure out best course of action in that way too but to hear you know that even through all of this even through the trials even through the losses even through the lessons that you had to learn for others you're still passing that information along man it just humbles me so much more and really drives me because it's just like wow you're really speaking the language of a podcast of the podcast and you're in a totally different industry but essentially that value that morale is still there so I appreciate saying that. Of course. I do. Another thing I was thoroughly impressed by, as I said, your your resume definitely blew, blew me away. And I feel like Ken only gave us a, just, a, just a taste of the bio was the name, Digital Surgeons. I'm big on names, big on just the, the story, the meaning behind it, everything like that. To me, I know what it sounds like when I hear that. But I want to hear from y'all. I want the listeners one year. You're probably thinking your own, you know, you get your digital insurgents, you put that together. I feel like we put a lot of words together that mean things separately. But when you put it together, forward obsessed, relationship quality, digital surgeons. Now, so for you, what was why digital surgeons? And really, I'll also even ask a follow up to that. For those of the for those people who are not familiar with digital surgeons, haven't been on the website, haven't seen the social media, haven't did anything like that, what can they expect when coming across your content, when coming across the website, when coming across what it is that you do specifically? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So so first, let me break a couple of those things down. So if people are looking at digital surgeons specifically, that's a company that is really designed to help businesses and brands grow and evolve from the inside out. And I believe that digital is the core DNA to businesses and brands today and is only going to get more digital as we enter the era of this metaverse, multiverse that is wherever things are going, right? Putting that aside for a second, so where did the name come from, right? So the name came from when I was first getting started, I was constantly getting projects thrown at me. And when you're just getting started, you take shit work. You take whatever you can get your hands on to pay those bills, right? And I think that you learn a lot doing that. There's good and bad in that. I'm not saying I would suggest that for everyone. But what I would say is I was always getting this like rat's nest of code of like messy things or like a crazy deadline. I remember one time I did, um, back in the day, there was like, I don't even know if it's still around, but there was like Alizé, like Tupac used to talk about Alizé, Alizé. And I remember working on like the Alizé website for like some big agency and I got the code. And I got the designs and it was just this big, massive pile of shit. It was like, they get, they paid way too much money and had a bunch of amateurs putting on this. And it was like, this is a big company, right? And, you know, prominent brand. It was like, you know, like what Ciroc is today. Back then, Alizé was like the thing, right? And I'm not trying to date myself, but I'm trying to say like, I was always getting a rat's nest of code. It was always messy designs or messy code. And I had to go in and I kind of had to do surgery on the shit. Like I had to rip it apart. I had to make it better. And all these years, I've always like ran away from like, what makes a surgeon a surgeon? I, I've ran away from, you know, the concept of expertise and precision and, you know, being very surgical, all those metaphors. And I was like, we're never doing anything medical because we don't have medical clients for the most part, right? We've done a, a little bit in that industry, but we primarily focus on like, you know, high concept businesses and brands, right? B2B, you know, SaaS companies, software as a service companies, or like hot B2C brands that are really looking to take that digital presence to the next level, right? So that's what Digital Surgeons is all about. That's where the name came from. Back then, digital, like today, digital is like oxygen, right? We all breathe it. We're on a digital conversation right now. But when I started this company in 04, 05, 06, in the early years, everything wasn't digital. You know, there was like a couple of digital agencies and then a lot of agencies who were pretending that they could do digital, right? So it's like we were born digital. And as a result of it, that idea, words like digital native or all these kind of buzzwords we see today, like we were, we've been living that, right? We've been messing around with AI-related technologies for a few years, well before we had you know the large language models like ChatGPT and Langchain and all this stuff that's hitting the internet and that's changing the game, right? So that's where Digital Surgeon, the name came from. To answer your question about what audiences should expect when following me, if you're following me, I'm going to talk about creativity in business, how to be more creative in life. I'm going to talk about how to save time. You know, people, some people call me the shortcut king because I'm just real fast with the keys and the, and the tools. And I'm promiscuous as fuck when it comes to tools, right? What I mean by that specifically is I don't let my team sign year contracts anymore because tools come and tools go. 
So I'm always looking for that unique gem, that one product, you know, if it's Riverside for doing the podcast or if it's Whisper for doing the transcriptions or if it's Fathom for doing note taking with AI, like whatever those tools are. And I got a whole set. I'm happy to share them with you in the audience anytime. What you can expect if you follow me is you're going to get no bullshit analysis of the tools that I use. Most of them, I'm not putting affiliate codes up or whatever. So I'm not trying to like scratch away every dollar I can. What you're going to get to me is this is the shit that I'm doing to build my clients' businesses, to build my business. This is me putting the tools out there, the tutorials, the tricks. I've got a free newsletter that I put out. I put it out twice a month and I'm just trying to give away value because I'll tell you a really fast story that like really lights me up. This happened the other day. I had someone hit me up and they're like, yo, I checked out the podcast Forward Obsessed. I just want to let you know, I just raised almost a million dollars in capital for my startup. And I did it because I learned from your guests on the show that you had. It wasn't because of me. It was because I'm creating that community, that opportunity. I brought together smart people like you're doing with all your different guests, right? So for me, I'm in this because I love the game of business, right? It's like you look at like the people used to talk stories about like Michael Jordan, like gambling when he was like whatever. And they're like, you're, you're super rich. Why gamble? It's about putting the chips down. It's about playing the game. It's about seeing if you can win, if you can beat the odds, right? So for me, I'm not doing this for another zero in my bank account, right? Like I'm not doing this because of that. I'm, tr I'm trying to actually leave a dent in the universe like Steve Jobs used to say. So that's, that's what I'm in it for. And I love this shit. Like, I, you know, the other night I was like, oh man, I look at the clock. It's three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I got a young kid. He's going to wake up in a couple hours and I'm going to be miserable, right? But I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, messing with this Lang chain thing. I've got this audio getting transcribed and like finding all these things. I'm like, that's going to save my team 20 hours a week next week. Like, and I just did it in three hours, right? Like I love this stuff. So that's what you're going to, you're going to expect if you follow me. Um, you know, I, I hope that folks can, can tune in and get some value. And what I always say is like, if you have a question, just ask the question. Like, it's so crazy. You, you always like, you know, say like, ask comments in the comments below. What I've been saying lately, it's been adding a lot more value. I think is I'm saying, Hey, just DM me if you have a question. Cause people don't want to look stupid, right? People are afraid to put something in the comments. And I'm like, the problem is, is if you don't put it in the comment, my engagement rates <laughs> tank and then like, I don't have the time to keep making the content, you know? So that, I don't know your thoughts on that, but like, I hope that's hopeful for the, to, for the audience. I love that. No, I'm big on like a call to action or just putting the, I love putting the ball in other people's court, you know, and that's why I'm big on just the, something I sense in you is, and something that I was, was really a mantra in my life for a very long time was impact over income. You know, I'm not really worried Ooh, about I love that. how many dollars are, like you said, the, the zero in the bank account. Yeah, it would be nice, but that's not the end all be all for me. The end all be all is really just being able to impact, being able to see the value, being able to, you know, you tune into the newsletter, being able to hear that you raised a million dollars from your startup off a guest that I had, being able to, you know, some of the testimonials and things that I've heard about the podcast that were a result of the podcast, it's blown me away. It's motivated me. It's, it's made my day in some cases because I would not have envisioned that. It's not to say that, you know, I sell myself short or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, when you're, like you said, you love this. When you're so passionate about something, when you can just hear, when you can talk about something for hours on hours on end, to, to then hear other people's perspective about it or the first impression that they got from it or the experience that they got from it, man, it's definitely eye-opening. But no, I'm, I'm big on that. Like I have read so many posts or giveaways or just different things like that where people just do not follow the instructions. And I think it's too, like you said, that fear or just not wanting to, or simply people just don't read that too. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, everybody doesn't realize that somebody could have that same exact question as you. Somebody could have that same exact insight yeah. as you. Even if they didn't really have it as a question, it can make your mind think. There's so many times where I've read things or heard things or thought about things that, wow, it wasn't necessarily a topic on my mind. It wasn't necessarily something that I would tell you that, hey, I've inquired about. But now that you said that, curiosity strikes now. And it may not be the exact same question you had, but now I'm thinking of a follow-up or a rebound to that or 100%. Or anything like that. So I tell people, you know, I, I'm big on it. I'm big on, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do. But and, and as long as I, I'm big on the also, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink it. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm as much as I want to give everybody the tools, the resources, give give you everything that we have and show you over and over and over again. Tag this, tag that, repost it, let you know, hey, this is what we're doing. It's up to you to truly tap into it. And I've even noticed that with some of the, the podcasts, the audience, the followers, there are people who, you know, I thought would have been on my side from day one. Just tapped in, just locked in, just really making it happen. No questions asked. And I, and then I see when you first followed the podcast, I'm just like, oh, wow. One, I thought you were already here. I thought you were a part of it, you know, but yeah. it also goes to show that, you know, sometimes your your personal audience is not always your business audience and it's not always. Oh, it's, it almost never is. And and also like now we're going to talk about haters. No, it's like it's it's funny is like I tell people if you are not interested in engaging with my stuff, unfollow me. 
because you're just going to fuck up my engagement rate anyway. But in a serious note, it's like, it actually makes me sad when I think about like my friends or my family. It's like, these are the people who are supposed to be the most supportive, but whether it's fear or jealousy or insecurities, whatever it is, they don't. Right. But again, not trying to take it there. But what I would say is there's something that you just said that, and it makes me think that we're living in a fast food distraction economy. And everyone knows that fast food's killing them, right? And I don't want to get all like socioeconomic and, and get crashed here, but because obviously fast food is is lower cost and, and some people can't afford to not eat fast food in some cases. Eating good food is expensive. So I want to just hold some space and say like, this is not me trying to talk about, about income. What this is about is trying to make a metaphor to say that like, if you look at fast food and just sort of bad calories versus good calories, good calories are harder to procure. They're more expensive. They take more time and it results in a higher benefit, right? It's like food is fuel. And I would say in a lot of cases, social media is fuel. If you use it right, if you take your approach, which is YouTube university, you're learning, right? If you take some other people's approach, which is like, oh, like which celebrity got into a fight tonight or whatever the hell it is. You know, look, I follow Funk Flex too, right? But at the end of the day, like if I'm trying to learn, I'm going on some of the pages. I'm going on Lex Friedman's podcast. I'm going on, you know, Marcus. I always forget his last name, but the tech guy, Marcus, like that, his podcast, like, or his YouTube videos. And like, that's where I'm learning is like digging in, going deeper. I think that everyone's looking for like, you know, the fast advertising, the, the fast food approach to learning. And that's where I think that we lose out, right? People don't want to to do the thing. They, like, they want that $3,000 laptop giveaway that you're doing in your post, but they don't want to follow the three instructions. And then when they don't you know, win the thing or win the prize or the auction or whatever it is, they get pissed off. I used to, we used to do a lot of sweepstakes for big brands back way back in the day. We don't really do them anymore now because it's just, you just build really shitty audiences for brands. But I remember we used to you know, we'd give away like a car or a MacBook Pro or some other thing like that for you know back in the day or iPad. And just the amount of like anger you see from people when they don't win. It's like, you didn't follow the subscription. We said, you will fill this in and you'll get an email and the email will have the rules and you will opt into the rules and then you'll be entered into the drawing. And people will be like, just outrage, all caps, yelling, the whole thing. And it's like, the steps are right there. And so I think a lot of times I used to think, oh, people were just stupid, right? Like back in the day when I was like young and ignorant, that's what I thought. But what it comes down to now is we're just so distracted right? You and I have this conversation right now. My WhatsApp's going off, my Discord's going off, my email's lighting up, my texts are going off, like every meeting, my Slack's going off with the different companies. I'm choosing to be here present with you and your audience. You're choosing to be here taking this time out of your day. That's a connection, right? So like, yes, I could very easily go and get distracted and start responding to all those different things right now. But then I'm disrespecting you and I'm disrespecting your audience and I'm disrespecting myself. So I think the one thing that I would say to some people is like, you got to kind of train yourself. Like I'll give you a perfect example. One of the things I've been doing a lot lately, I'll just show you really quick because I think the audience will appreciate this, um, is you see my phone? It's in, in an iPhone, there's a accessibility feature where you can turn your phone on grayscale mode. And I've got it where it's three taps, right? So you see, you know, you see how it changes it three taps and it's going to change color again. One second. I got to do it really quick. There it goes. So now it's full color again. Right. And I do that because it actually lowers your dopamine levels. And, you know, I've also got a, a blue light, um, filter on my, uh, like my screen protector. And this matters because what, what's happening is when you have someone who's 19 years old, their brain's not even fully developed yet or 17 years old, you know, I think our brain stopped developing somewhere in our twenties. If, if my memory suits me correctly, um, definitely let's Google that, not chat GPT it. And, but in all seriousness, the, we're fucking with the dopamine levels. We're fucking with our serotonin levels. We're messing with the, um, circadian rhythms of, of how we as human beings and species were, were set to operate. And then we wonder why we're not sleeping. And then we wonder why we're anxious because we're creating that dopamine loop where I need to see that next thing. I find myself sometimes like swiping on my phone and my phone's closed. I'm like, what am I doing? So recently I just did this thing. Y'all should try it if you, if you haven't, where like at night I just put my phone on black and white, the, the grayscale mode. And that grayscale mode is, it's an accessibility feature, right? For those that might have like color blindness or whatever, but that feature is Instagram's a whole lot less boring, right? I'm in the business of design, right? So one of the things that I do for a living is design things that get people to spend more time in those things, right? 
Why is Candy Crush got all those different colors? Why do all these games all look like candy, right? The names, Candy Crush, the colors, because they stimulate the brain, right? It's like when you put something in front of a child and it's multiple colors, why do all the kids shows have the bright colors, the high contrast? Because that, that there has an effect on that. So I think that we as a society have to be aware of like, is your Instagram making you money and making you get closer to your goals? Or, and I replace Instagram with TikTok or whatever you want to use, but is the things that you're spending your time and energy on bringing you closer to joy and fulfillment or bringing you farther from joy and fulfillment? And that's a question that I think we have to think about on like, not just here on this down to business podcast, but like, let's get down to it. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Right? Like if you're trying to be the best basketball player in the world, you shouldn't be here right now with me. You should be on the court. You know, you should be you work with a, a coach, right? If you're trying to be the most connected person on the planet, you, you might be in the right place because you're having conversations with, with great people, right? So I think that's an interesting thing is like, if you want to show me someone's goals, I say, show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. Show me where you're spending your time and then you show me your goals. If you're spending three hours a day watching Netflix and you're not trying to be a filmmaker, well, and you're trying to be like the best coder in the world, well, you're not trying to be the best coder in the world because you're not putting the time and the reps in. Like I see you for an hour or two, you know, opening up something. You're not finishing the online courses that I paid for. So for me, like I just write those people off. I'm like, listen, like if you want to be a professional, like chillaxer and then be a professional chillaxer, cool. But like, if you're trying to like do something and build a business, let's talk about that. So I don't know if that's helpful, but I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like people say one thing and they do another and I'm, I'm all about action. All about action, man. And if it wasn't helpful to anybody else, it's definitely helpful to me, man. This is really why, you know, I, I tell people all the time that I, I really don't do this for anybody. I, I mean, well, let me hold on. Let me take a step back. I don't do this for myself, meaning like I could I could talk to my I could get on here and talk all day if I wanted to, you know, just me. But I, I really do this one. I'm realizing that. It's more to it. I used to tell people that I'm for y'all, if you get value from this, if you're able to connect, if I, like I said, I see mutuals who I know were not mutuals connecting, and I love that. I don't need credit for it. I don't really, not to say I don't care for the credit. I care that y'all built a relationship that's lasting, that's quality, that now y'all can go and do business with one another. You can put your audience in front of someone else's audience. You can be up here in the Northeast. They can be here in the South. And essentially it's like, you know, y'all are right there next to each other. But what yeah. I'm also realizing is that a lot of these interviewees, a lot of these episodes, when I go back and listen to them, it's really a call to action for myself. It's really the timing and what I need. It's really the alignment that I need also for myself and just the messages for the podcast. And people don't understand as much as they come to me and tell me that they're motivated, that, wow, Tamar, 130 plus episodes by yourself. Like, that's crazy. It's amazing. 2019, you know, I, I think, man, 2019, I wouldn't have pictured this. I wouldn't have pictured the world changing. I wouldn't have pictured how part of the reason why I started the podcast was because COVID hit and I didn't know what to do. And I was, right, I, right. I was an essential worker. It was just too much. And then, but now like to really think about me having locked myself into something for nearly four years to, for me to be consistent, because yes, there were definitely times where I took some time off. I didn't drop episodes the way I wanted to, but never hung this up, never just closed the mic, closed the laptop and said, forget it. We all needed that. But as I listened to everything, I'm like, wow, like, this is really also motivating for me. So for everybody out there listening, as much as you have shared your feedback, have shared the reviews, the ratings, the the awe for the podcast and everything like that, I have to express that same gratitude and appreciation for you. Y'all are the reason why I go. I get to sit down with people like Pete, man, who really just essentially picked my brain today and didn't even realize that he did that. And really just for me, lit a fire under me. Now I have different things that I'm going to look into, look for and everything. And I know even when I play this back, it's going to be a totally different, just, just fire lit under me. So I, I think everybody, I think people like Pete, I think people like people, Pete's audience who may be listening. I think people like Ken for even connecting us and reaching out. And I think everybody out there who in some form or fashion, not only spreads the podcast, but just spreads what you do, spreads that value, spreads that insight. I can't tell you that I've learned so much from people in the makeup industry and in healthcare, real estate and everything Absolutely. in fields that, you know, I think about and things that I may not directly be directly involved in myself, but wow, there's an opportunity there. There's something that I can learn. There's more that. And even if I don't necessarily involve myself, there's value passed along to somebody else because somebody else may be in this industry, but didn't know that somebody else. Now they hear you have a newsletter. They hear you're giving away free value. Oh, well, let me sign up for peace newsletter. Oh, well, let me go to the page. Oh, well, forward obsessed. Wow. Never really thought about that term, but I love moving forward. And I definitely have some sessions out there. Let me figure out what's going on. Digital surgeons. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't consider myself the most tech savvy person, but I recognize that digital, like you said, it's oxygen right now. We need it. So sometimes, like it or not, we have to immerse ourselves in industries that we may be new to or we may not know about. But that's also why you have people around you to do the same. So 
I love it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to one, just see the continued movement, just to see the continued work that you're going to be doing. I, I, I see the involvement that you have at Yale. That's amazing. I know that you're just as much value as you gave here. I know that those students, man, they're blessed. And I know that, you know, every cohort that's to come after that and that program, how, how it works. I know that, man, there's nothing but a, a host of value, but I'm also encouraging as I always do. I'm calling everybody out. Just tap in in any capacity. I'm not saying that you have to do every single thing that he said on this interview. Just do one thing to start and watch how. Yeah, it- do you do you? I mean, like, do your thing. Like, you know, it's the the thing that I always say. Like, one of my favorite exercises to do with like my friends, my family, my clients, like myself is I call it start, stop, continue. Like, have you, have you heard of this before? It's super simple. Like, I I feel like there's there's metaphors all around us in life, right? And we've all seen a traffic light, whether you live in a, in a city and you drive or you don't drive or whatever it is. It's like, we've all seen a traffic light, red, yellow, green, right? What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to start doing? What are you going to continue doing? And I do that exercise legitimately every single week. I get together. I meet with my assistant, I meet with my team. I'm doing my one-on-ones with my team. What do we, what do we learn? Like we operate everything in like these like short, like sprint cycles, right? Where it's like, we have some experiments. We have some, some bets we're going to make. We have some things we're going to do. Now, what are you going to stop doing? We're going to start doing, we're going to continue doing. Right. Someone might be listening to this now and saying, you know what, I'm gonna stop doing. I'm gonna stop going on Instagram when I'm watching a movie. I'm gonna put all my energy into that movie. Great, good for you. Somebody might say, I'm gonna continue trying to learn about how to do video editing, right? I want to step it up from just just starting out in CapCut, which is super available and easy for folks. And now I want to level up. I want to start messing with Final Cut or Adobe Premiere or whatever the tool is, right? So what I always say is, what are you gonna start, stop, and continue doing? That's an exercise that I do. Because you can learn so much about yourself and so much about other people by just doing that, and it's great to have an accountability partner, whether it's your best friend or your or you know your coworkers or your boss or whatever it is. That's where I think it starts because the thing that like not everyone's like you and me, right? Not everyone's an entrepreneur. Not everyone wants to build a business. Sometimes people have like it's kind of like people who want to be around celebrities, right? I, I had some friends that. Um, lived out in the LA area and they just wanted to be around successful people like that. And they just, that's, that was their thing. Right. And that was like, you know, what they got, got high from, if you will. And there's no knock on that, that they knew who they were and what they wanted to do. Right. If you know, if you don't know what you want to do, then you got to start experimenting. You know, it's like, like, like my co-founder always says, fuck around and find out, fuck around and find out. He's always joking around. Um, you should definitely have him on. I think he, you guys would vibe. It, it's um, he's I grow brands on Instagram. Definitely shoot him a DM and, and just tell him we, we connected. But um, he's hilarious, right? He's a, he's a funny dude. I mean, you're gonna get all kinds of stuff from him. But like, but I say that he always says fuck around and find out. So if you're listening to this episode and you don't know what you want to do, just fuck around and find out. Like, you know, your path is not my path, and everyone's path is different. And if there's one thing I can say I've learned, and I wish I could tell myself when I was 17 years old. It's like, fuck what other people have to think. Like, because honestly, like I, I spent so much time being like, oh, I don't sound smart or I look stupid or, you know, I don't look good in that, in that picture or that photo, or I don't like seeing myself on this or whatever. But the reality is like I just said to you, like, I just got a awesome deal. That's going to pay a lot of salaries. That's going to keep a lot of people at my company and business. It's not just going in my pocket. It's like now people who have families and do different things are much safer now in my organization because these deals are coming in. And it's because I had the bravery to put myself out there on Instagram. And look, I get shade all the time. I got like some, the other day, someone on TikTok was like, it's easy for you to say you're old. And I'm like, okay, if 40 is old, then I'm old. Cool. Like, all right, I'm old. But like two years ago, three years ago, I'd be like, oh, do I look old? Should I go get like, go do this thing? Like, do I need Botox? Should I do this thing? But now I'm just like, fuck it. Then I'm old, whatever. You know, we're like, oh, you're stupid. Like, okay, I'm stupid. But it, it still hurts, right? Like I have so much empathy for people that are like in the limelight. Like I, I don't know if I ever want to be on, on that level. Because you can imagine like you, you get on stage, you do an amazing performance. Like if you're like the weekend or whatever it is, and then you get off stage, you know, even though they got managers and people that are looking out, whatever, you have to imagine you get back to the hotel room, you're gassed up, you're excited from that energy, whether you're a sports player or whatever it is, get off the court. And then you check IG or you check, you know, some front page news and someone's just tearing you down. No matter how strong you are mentally, like, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for me. Like one or two comments will like still to this day, like hurts, stings, you know, they like people say like, uh, you know, sticks and stones don't break bones. No, words fucking hurt. <laughs> like, let's keep it real. So I don't know. I, I hope that's helpful. I know we're, we're just about out of time, but any, any specific questions I want to make sure I get for you and for the audience before we have to jump and I got to get to the next thing. 
Oh well, no, yeah. Honestly, for me, I'm I'm big on words, just the same. So I, I I'm with you 100. percent And I, as as internal as I say I am, and as as the mental fortitude that I have. Big shout out to my boy Anori for putting me on that term, mental fortitude. But as much as that, I think I have. It's like you said in the in your in the comfort of your own self, car, home, whatever the case may be. When you go through some things and you see that, oh yes, it definitely hurts for sure. So no, honestly, the last thing that I would want to offer to my audience uh, before we give them all the socials and where to find you in the podcast and everything like that, I would really just leave the ball in your court and I'll just say, do you feel like there's anything that we haven't touched on today? Anything that you want to leave the last words for, whether it be business owners, entrepreneurs, people in the creative space, people not even in the creative space, but more so just looking to stop, start, and continue. Just figure some things out, make some life changes or anything that you, you know, you feel like we haven't touched on today or just even some last words that you want to leave for anybody who's tapping in on your side, my side. And like I said, even those newcomers that we'll have along the way. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I've really enjoyed the conversation and, you know, I can see why, why Ken recommended that we connect. I mean, I appreciate Ken a lot for that. The one thing I think I would say to this group is... If you have not really put in your time and put in your energy digging into the impact that AI is going to make on the world, you need to. Because this is not just going to be the next industrial revolution, the next toy or technology. Chat GPT is just a totem. It is just a signal of a thing that we should look at. That is one tool. There are millions of others that you've never even heard of that I've never even heard of. This tool is bigger than the internet. The AI, large language models, all the aspects of machine learning and artificial intelligence, it's going to completely transform the way that we do everything. IBM just announced this week 30% of back office jobs are going to be completely eradicated from the world. This is IBM, one of the most technologically sound companies. We see the wake of layoffs. We see every company trying to do more with less now. We see all these different things. The one thing that I would say we have to all understand is we have to learn to learn and we have to learn to unlearn. So no matter where you're at in your journey, whether you're just getting started or you've been doing this again and you're on your second, third or fourth career, it's okay. Start where you stand, start where you're at right now, but just please dig into these, these tools and technologies because you know anything you spend time or energy on right now these tools can make you faster. These tools can make you better. These tools can make you stronger. And and AI is not going to take your job. Someone using AI will. So just understand, like, that's the big thing I would say just in closing is like, this is not a, I'm not a spokesperson for ChatGPT. I'm not a spokesperson for AI, but I know it's going to change everything. You know, it's going to change everything. And if you're not digging into it, you know, I, I'm using it for so many things, right? I'm using AI to do meal prep, meal prep and meal planning. I'm using it to figure out like different ideas to get my kid to stop being, you know, having tantrums because I got a two-year-old at home. Like I'm using, I'm using AI to like generate ideas. I'm using AI to create content, to reformat content. I'm using it to do pros and cons. So like it's, I'm, I'm thinking about my biases and like, what am I not thinking about? So like understanding these tools and technologies, they're a Google search away. They're a YouTube search away. Many of them are free. Many of them have free trials. Um, they're accessible. And the same way that anybody with a phone in their hand can learn anything today, almost anything's possible if you put your mind to it. So what I would say in closing is just like, please take advantage of the opportunity to learn something because no matter what you're doing, there's something in it for you. You just got to find out what it is. So that's what I would say just in closing. And really, man, in a in a our interview, you really gave a lifetime worth of content here. So I really I appreciate that. Know, just thank you for that. And like I said, for people out there, there's always a gem. There's always a nugget. There's always something in there for for everyone. Even when I hear in this episode at the forefront, I know what stuck with me. I know what was on the was on my heart right now. I know what I need to do when I get off. I know the follow ups that I'm gonna do. I grow brands. I'm gonna look into the sensei and everything like that. But I know that as I play this back and get into it, there are gonna be some things like wow. That's a nugget right there. That's something I can't tell you how many times I, I go back through these interviews and I replay things sometimes because I'm editing and I just need to replay it. But other times just because like, wow, that was really, you know, a nugget. That was really something that I needed. So last thing and final thing, um, just let us know where we can find you. I feel like, you know, you said a lot of important things today, but I feel like arguably the most important part is that connection, building those strong standing and everlasting relationships. So when it comes to social media, website, anything like that, what are the best places to reach you and connect with you? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. So what I would say to anybody here is I'm Pete Senna on basically any uh, social channel. Um, my IG is Pete's Lens because um, they didn't have Pete Senna. Um, one day I'm going to acquire that name. But um, I'm basically Pete Senna on everything. My website's PeteSenna.com. Um, you know, click on the top right. There's a blue button for subscribe for the newsletter. It's 100% free. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Um, I that's where to find me. And then I'm, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on all the places. So I would just say like, get at me where, wherever you're at on the internet. Um, you know, put ping questions my way. I'm, you know, a lot of times I'll just pick, pick a random question and make a tutorial about it or put it out there or whatever it is. So, you know, I'm here to give value. I, I want to be what I needed for myself when I was 18 years old, that I wasn't there. You know, I, I didn't have that like person that I could Google and learn from, you know, thankful, thankful for people. Now they got chat GPT, but like, whatever it is, like ask the questions I'm here and I appreciate you tuning in forever. Grateful, man. And thank you so much. And yeah, as I always say to all my audience out there, tap in, man, these people are giving their time, their effort, their energy and everything like that. They could have been elsewhere. They could be doing everything. Like you said, he's dealing with the terrible twos right now. So, you know, I think that's not fun. I think about my little brother, my God brother, when they were going through all those stages, it's, it's not fun. Probably even when I was going through that stage, I was, probably, I was <laughs> yep. the home record or something like that. So, but no Pete, seriously, thank you. Thank you to you and Ken, like I said, for the great turnaround for just the amazing conversation. I'm definitely looking forward to connecting further, subscribing to the news letter seeing everything that's to come but truly i take my hat off truly i, I really bow my head and, and just thank you for the value you could be doing things totally different you could be doing things really on you are doing things on your terms but we we also see what other terms look like for other people but essentially you said it in the episode and you said it best do you do what works for you appreciate that i've started continue so no thank you for the value thank you for the insight and like i said i'm looking forward to the continued connection and to everybody out there who continuously taps in whether you're coming from pete's side my side or whether you just came in because you heard about something along the lines of two people just giving some great value and having a great conversation thank y'all all i love y'all this has been another episode of the down to business podcast here with tomorrow turner